0: Okay, uh, I'd like to finally welcome you to my podcast today, uh, Voice of the Wanderer. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Freddy J. Uh, today I have Blake Chase. Uh, it's nice to have you today, bro. It's good to have you, man. Yeah. Uh, could you introduce yourself real quick to us, please, so we get to know you?
1: Yeah. My name is Blake. I'm just a local here at Pocatello. Yeah.
0: <laughs> could you go deeper? <laughs> How deep you want it? Deep. Deep. All so right. we want to we know uh, your family background. I mean, we know you from Pocatello, mm-hmm. So we would like to know your family background, what you do for a living. Okay. Uh, just whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah. All right. Um, from Montana. Uh, I grew up
1: in a small town called Dillon. My parents still live there. Sister moved to Utah. Um, most of my family just all over the United States. They're kind of just separated and just spread out everywhere. Um, I work at a prison right now. Oh. I work at a women's facility.
0: It's, <laughs> okay.
1: It's intense. <laughs> It's mostly event. emotions, dealing with emotions. can me good with your
0: voice or words and stuff like that. That's nice. Is there anything else you do? Uh,
1: no, there's really nothing else. I just work and go home. You
0: just work? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have a military background? Do you have family yeah. who served in the military?
1: Um, <laughs> no, no one in my family really served. Most of my parents were law enforcement. Um, my brother-in-law was law enforcement. My sisters, no. Um, so I kind of took that after the military. I was like, okay, I should probably follow my parents' footsteps and put my foot in the door with corrections. Um, That's nice. Served five years in the army, and uh, served on my last year in the reserve status.
0: So you still serving right now? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're wondering why I asked. Though you see the stash. Yeah. Uh, it's like a military thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the tattoos also. I'm like he has to. He has to be in the military, you know, at some point. Uh, that's nice though. Uh, you served in the military. Uh, did you go to college?
1: No, I never really went to college. So it was never really something for me. Um, I thought about going to something called Sonora Desert Institute. It's like a gunsmithing class. So I thought maybe I could use that as a side gig, but I never really saw education
0: to be, you know, it wasn't something I wanted to pursue. Yeah. yeah, that's totally fine though. Like I tell everyone school is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. You, know, not... Uh, we, you could be successful in any place you find yourself in life and okay. you, know, you just got to be hard working and putting all that effort and yeah, you're going to be successful, you know, that's pretty nice though. Uh, so could you tell us more about your military background? I know uh, our guests, part uh, pardon me, uh, our viewers back there, uh, they are wondering, they want to know your military background. So could you share more light about that? Uh, did you have deployment? Uh, where was your basic training at? What, what was your MOS? Uh, so Stuff like that.
1: I was a combat engineer. Um, sure. So mostly dealing with IEDs and stuff like that. Route clearance. Uh, my my first unit was four five five out of Hayden, Idaho. Um, then they recommend or asked a bunch of people for volunteers for a deployment that was coming up. Um, so I was the first one to raise my hand. and Said, "Yeah, send me. I'll go." Um, so combat engineers twelve Bravo. We have a whole list of things we could do. We're like the king of the field is pretty much just like our motto. Um, we uh, we clear out IEDs. We're uh, using conventional warfare for, like, taking out any kind of obstacles that might be in our way, or we can even set up obstacles. We have a whole list of things we could do. We're, like, the main part of the Army. Um, Most common engineer basic training is in Fort Litterwood in Missouri. Missouri. Absolutely- I hate that place sucks. It's, it's horrific. It is so humid. It is hot. It's called forced loss in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, it's really woodsy um i've been to uh, iraq and syria both for that deployment that i went on Um, we used iraq as like a stationary spot for us and then we would just fly out in hubies over to uh, um, syria there was multiple spots that we were all going to we were actually separated we weren't even a whole company together we were just attached to infantry
0: Nice, uh, your job sounds kind of badass, and uh, it sounds very intense. If you like to blow stuff up, it's the perfect job for you. Yeah, yeah. So how, what did that do to you? Uh, I know most people in the military they tell you, "Oh, I'm deaf." You have to scream out loud. I was infantry. They use those kind of slangs. So yeah, deaf.
1: <laughs> a little bit of my left ear. Yeah, actually, it's uh, kind of hard of hearing in the one. It's like a constant ring. So I had to sleep with white noise.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's horrible. <laughs> So uh, are you the National Guard, Reserves or? Reserves. Reserves? Mm-hmm. You Reserves like from the beginning? Yeah. OK, so you just got deployed and then you came back to your reserve status. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, is your unit based off here in Pocatello?
1: No, so after I got up deployment, I actually switched to another unit in Ogden, Utah. Um, mm-hmm. A guy I deployed with was my best friend. Um, he recommended that I switch over there. It's actually closer to. Uh, The unit that's in boise and so i decided to go there instead Okay,
0: that's nice so uh, how was your time in iraq and syria did you like it
1: um it was hot (laughs) of course yeah it was hot um it wasn't too bad in iraq um we were in a coalition base so there was everyone there you had the netherlands you had germany italy all these coalition forces together you can go to different deep acts see them um, Syria though was probably the worst part of it. We were like forgotten out there. Um, we didn't have any form sort of food. So you know how they tax you yeah. for your food? They were doing that and not giving. Us oh, food. you
0: get taxed for food?
1: Yeah. For deployment. Food. That's a lie when they say that you're not taxed. They I give you like a know. reimbursement, which isn't even as much as they take.
0: Because because when uh back in the day, I hear people brag. They're like, oh, go on deployment, you don't get taxed so that that was a lie that's a lie wow and also uh at least i forget to mention uh this podcast doesn't represent the department of defense in any way shape or form uh so whatever we say today is just our opinions and what we feel just like the podcast say "Wanderer, we are wandering and we're trying to figure out stuff for ourselves so i gotta say that real quick uh so back back to your deployment uh, how long was your deployment it was a lot of months 11 months mm-hmm. both Hmm? Both deployment?
1: Uh, no, it was all one deployment. One deployment. We moved deployment. from one location to
0: the next. Mm-hmm.
1: So, we weren't allowed to be in Syria for more than a month. Huh. Weirdly, so they'd reset us. So we'd go there for a month and then they'd pull us back into Iraq and we could leave the next day. So we would just pack your bags and then pull out what you need for the next day and then go back. Nice.
0: Nice. So, did you like? Did you like it? I mean, you yeah. mentioned it was hot. It was humid. Uh, do you miss it?
1: Um, yeah, actually, I, I kind of do. I do miss that uh, that brotherhood that you had with the guys.
0: Did you guys ever take contact? Uh...
1: Um, not bullet wise, but there were times that we have uh, got an idea of indirect fire a lot. That okay. was a uh, it's a butthole packer or pucker right there.
0: <laughs> because uh, I know uh, military guys usually they miss the violence of action. You know, they'll be like, oh, I missed my deployment. Oh. It is an
1: adrenaline rush, um, yeah. especially when you're taking indirect fire and you're getting ready. You just feel like something's about to happen. Maybe someone's going to try to storm the gate. You just end up it's kind of messed up, but you're just hoping for it.
0: So I just, I can't stop or start wondering, though, from what you just told me. Uh, that that has to, like, take a toll on your mental health, you know, take a toll on uh, how you see stuff. So have you, have you experienced that?
1: Yes. Um, I'm not really a fan of loud noises. It kind of, it's like a sends you back for a sec. of yeah. thing you got to recollect yourself. Um, you kind of feel bad about yourself at the same time. People look at you like you're messed up. They don't want to associate with you.
0: Hmm. So, uh, did you? Are you? Are you planning to get out of the military? Or? Yeah, I think I'm done with it. Do you mind me asking why?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. Um, a lot of it has become either too soft or way too toxic. Um, it's honestly a mixture of both. Leadership will just leave you to drown. It's, uh, the leaders nowadays are just trash. They could just they pick favorites. I should say there's a lot of favorites, and if you're like when I, I wasn't originally from the unit, so I wasn't organic, so. Me and my best friend, we weren't organic to the unit. So we kind of got, you know, treated like ass brushed off with any of our concerns or anything like that.
0: So, uh, uh, like recently I had the opportunity to present a presentation on, uh, servant leadership. So basically what it is, it, it's like, uh, in a company where you have like a CEO, a CEO, uh, managing director and like down the chain so you flip it around where the employees become like the bosses and it just goes down that way so in other words uh it promotes open converse- open dialogues and conversations it means you could walk up to your boss and talk to them and you know like hum- human beings you know do you think that happens in the military did you experience that in your time
1: no it's uh if you're not an e5 or above you're just uh, garbage wow there was a lot of times when we did like pretty shitty work and even see an NCO in there. It was just even one below doing everything. Did you
0: did you feel like your chain of command had your best interests at heart? Do you think they actually cared about you? Because I know we pride ourselves in the US, especially the military that leave no man behind. Uh, I mean in the soldiers' creed we have that also like you would never leave a fallen comrade and you know you place the mission first. Did mm-hmm. you experience this during your time in the military? Yeah, there's some NCOs that were actually
1: Pretty great guys but it's like the factor of like you have one good NCO and you got three bad ones so one good one isn't yeah. you know can't do much when there's three of them that are yeah. negative towards you so I mean yeah we would uh, get close with some of our sergeants that were good but there would be those who would try to uh, cut that off saying that we're getting too close you can't be friends with the Joes you can yeah. have any kind of interaction that isn't work-related
0: Hmm. that's interesting uh, so what, what's your rank what's your highest rank you've attained in the military a specialist E four. Mm-hmm. okay so that make more sense now so your non-commissioned officers kind of secreted themselves from you guys and they make you guys feel like you guys were inferior yeah <laughs> that's that makes a lot of sense i mean in, in every workplace we have that happen you know we have, we have like a group of people and they feel like they are the bosses so they don't get to chill or they don't get to talk to the junior employees because they feel they are on like a whole different level so i think that actually makes sense though so let's transition from your military uh, career to your civilian career in the prison uh, i'm excited to hear about it uh, it sounds very interesting it sounds very dangerous and you know and uh, I, I watch a lot of prison movies you know so i i've, I've seen and heard a lot about prison stuff. I've never been to a prison, thank God, but well, we have you here to enlighten us about what you do. So, could you tell us about yeah. your time?
1: Prison is nothing like what you see in the movies. Really? No, no it is nothing like it.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, some might be, but the ones that I've been to, I've been to a few of the facilities here in Idaho. Um, I've been to male and female. I work at the female one here. Are you working in a female prison? I work in a female prison, so hmm. I do it with females. Um, a lot of this, The reason why someone would get fired from a female prison is mostly from compromising with some of the residents. So, you know, like passing notes or something like that. Say that again? Like passing notes. Oh. Like getting a (laughs) romantic relationship. I don't know why any of them would want to do that with a felon, convicted felon, but that's that's on them. Um, But mostly it's just dealing with emotions at the prison. There's a lot of girls that just, you know, I when you put a bunch of women together from different backgrounds and stuff like that, yeah, it can be violent, screaming-wise. So you just have to be really good with your words. Um, the men's facility is more where you want to watch your back. They're the kinds... There's, they'll you, huh? mm-hmm. there's a bunch <laughs> of... There's gangs in the facilities. And then there's like a certain one. They're called SVC. They're severely, severely violent criminals. And their only enemy is just COs. Wow. So they won't do anything and everything. To so you're the you. target. You're the target.
0: Are prisoners allowed to have mobile phones, like telephones?
1: No. So they have like, um, we call it a JPEG. Yeah. It's like um, they could do like video, send video messages on the phone. Everything is monitored and recorded. So if they're like trying to push something into the prison, we can catch it there. Um, but they can do like video calls with family. Of course, everything, like I said, is recorded, but...
0: How they about can, phone calls? They can do as long as they want. Recorded too? mm mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Everything's recorded. Um, they can do it as long as they want, as long as they have, they have like, a account with mm-hmm. money on it, and they can talk for however long the calls or
0: how much they have in their account. So I've, I've heard this from us. I mean, I'm on TikTok, so I see this, like, there's this app that prisoners use, to so like, it's like a dating app. Using getting people on the outside, (laughs) yeah. Talk away about that. So there's
1: actually quite a few of our residents who, like I was talking about the JPay thing, they actually so they're hustling in there. They're making money.
0: Yeah, they're making more (laughs) money than us. Respect
1: (laughs) through desperate men. They're um, talking to them and they'll put money in their accounts for them. And they'll like, um, for some reason, we allow like we have like a little ticket they can give us, and then they can take a camera. Go take a picture of themselves and it'll be reviewed printed and then given to them so they can mail it out
0: so it could be a naked picture no it's okay. reviewed it's okay. reviewed first, so they're not allowed to do that <laughs>
1: now. um but they'll send it to these guys and these guys will send them money hmm. and so these girls are like making money like getting of they yeah they're rolling in dough so they just buy a bunch of their commissary and they just live the life
0: that's what's up that's nice so uh, let's transition a little bit uh so uh you've been in the military like you stated already and uh you're doing a wonderful job right now in the women's prison mm-hmm. uh, you're a CO, correct yeah what does that mean corrections officer corrections officer okay so what's the pathway until being a correction officer
1: it all starts with just applying at your prison mm-hmm. and then they'll come and uh, talk to you and then you'll have an interview um then you go through an extensive background search then they'll uh, have you come in and do a tour of the facility. Um, for us, I was able to just sit in the prison. I wasn't really allowed to interact with residents or do mm-hmm. anything. So that's when you're in the OIT phase, which is officer in training. Then, okay. um, if it depends on the facility, we had something called a mini academy. So we could be used more. You become a B officer. Um, so you'll go through a week-long class of like combat training, like how to like grapple and stuff like that, how to put restraints on, how to interact with residents, and then we could be used in the facility. So that way we can try to help cover down shifts. Um, Then you have the academy. So you go through the actual post academy here in Idaho. Mm -hmm. So that was in Boise. I actually just recently got back from there.
0: Oh, congratulations. Thank you.
1: (laughs) But it's a month long. It's step by PowerPoint. Wow. It's horrific. It's just a lot of... uh, sitting and just watching a screen hmm. pretty miserable so did
0: you guys do any physical training like the police academy posts mm-hmm.
1: yeah we did a lot of uh, what we call as archon it's just like your uh training and using paying compliance to your advantage to get okay. them to comply
0: that's nice mm-hmm. uh so in the military also uh What's, what's the career path like? How did you get in? I know it changes like almost every time. So during your own time, how did you get into the Army Reserves?
1: Um, let see. I was 18 years old. I was getting nowhere in life. And I didn't see, uh, I didn't have any kind of structure in my life. So um, I tried going into the Marine Corps first. But every time I was getting to my ship date, they kept just canceling it and then it pushing it out. Pushing wow. it out. so after saying goodbye to my family like three times and showing up to the recruiter's office which was out of town yeah I just said I'm done I dropped out of that immediately went right into the army left the next week
0: wow so the Marine Corps wasn't just meant to be
1: no I guess it wasn't it's probably for the better but yeah it wasn't for me after that third time
0: I'm sure you could have gotten that emotional damage <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's nice uh, so we're going to transition into the mental mental health uh, part. Uh, this is kind of this is where I pry into your personal or private space. So mm-hmm. forgive me in advance. No, you're good. Uh, so you're getting out of the military, or the army to be specific, and I'm pretty sure there's a reason why you're getting out. Also, uh, do you want to talk about that? And also, is is mental health part of it? Yeah. Uh, is okay. it like disability related? You know.
1: Um, yeah, coming home was, uh, it felt like a mission. It's, um, coming from a war environment back home to just regular life. And I tell people this a lot. It was a lot easier out there to, uh, just focus on your guys, the mission and yourself here. You got to worry about bills. You have to worry about family, social time, making the work on time, all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, seems overwhelming because when you leave, nothing stops. Life just keeps on going. And then you have to come back into that and readjust and tell yourself you're not in a war environment anymore. So you're not being shot at, you're not getting IDF. There's no IEDs in the road, stuff like that. It's a. It was a transition for sure. And uh, I kind of was mean at first, I've calmed down a lot, I didn't know I was being mean, it seems like uh, I was just snapping a lot, or that's not me, I'm a very nice person, or at least try to be, but it's just way too overwhelming,
0: okay, Uh, so I'm trying to be specific here, because I'm getting a vibe right now, Uh, so I have to clear the air real quick, so uh, do you have like a disability Oh, from the military or tr- because of the military?
1: Yeah, so talking with the VA and going through a bunch of tests and diagnostics and stuff like that, that they did s- diagnose me with PTSD okay. from this. Um, my back, my knees, <laughs> yeah. surprisingly, they didn't say it was service. It was not service related. They actually went with it. Um, there's a few things that I'm still trying to work on with them. It takes forever to work with the VA and try to get those disabilities in and figure out everything that's wrong with you. I think the sandstorms too kinda really messed up my whole like nasal airway.
0: It's hard to breathe sometimes, but that's that's awful. I'll tell you that. How do you balance what you've been through? With your civilian life right now, family life, dealing with people, I mean, you just mentioned that you kind of seem mean when you got back, even though you were not trying to be mean, you know, but you're getting, you're doing better right now. So how do you deal with that? And uh, with family members and maybe girlfriend, fiance, wife, or as the case may be, like, how do you, how is it like?
1: Um, <clears throat> I just took it one step at a time. Okay. It was um, not trying to rush into anything. Like, don't try to go see everybody. Just take a minute. Just relax. Take a breath. Get to know your surroundings. Know what you're going to do, plan your next move. I guess you could say, take it as like a mission. Plan your steps. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if this happens? And it seems a little bit easier than just trying to uh, go back to the way you were before. To where you could just go, 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 go. Yeah. So... If I had to say anything, just one step at a time. And don't try to overwhelm yourself with a bunch of people. Go see someone separately. It's a lot easier that way.
0: So for someone who's who's struggled with these uh, life events and uh, life issues, how do you identify someone who's going through the same stuff? Because I'm pretty sure you talk to someone when you were feeling the way you were feeling. But I'm pretty sure not everyone does that. So how do you identify someone who maybe has PTSD or like, I know everyone's PTSD is probably different, it's different triggers, mm-hmm. but how do you think your own opinion, like how do you think you will know someone who's going through something I, like that?
1: Mostly isolating. Isolating? They isolate themselves. They'll try to get away from everything that's maybe causing that trigger. Um, definitely a change in their entire personality they're not the same people you remember. Huh. Um, they're probably a lot more quiet, a little bit more stressed out over simple things that probably wouldn't trigger them. Um, loud noises too, like I said, it could easily trigger someone and they could snap and just start screaming, I'd like just send them back to that. But a lot of it is isolation and cutting themselves off from the world.
0: Do you feel like yours just could have been prevented? Uh... Do you think they could have been something you could have done to prevent from getting it? Yeah.
1: No. Just not going on deployment, probably going to a war zone. Um, there was a lot of things that we saw and that we really wish we didn't see. Um, there's a lot of, lot of forces out there, and the people pay for it the most. The locals. Um So I would say no. There's really no way to prevent the things you have to see and go through. It's kind of the unfortunate thing about war. And there's that turn you hear: um, only the dead see the end of war. That's
0: true. That's true. If you if you had the opportunity to go back, you know, go back in time, would you do it the same way? Would you join the military? Would you serve your country? Yeah, I'd still do it. I'd do it again. I, I respect that, you know, like much respect. You know, uh, I know it's it's definitely not an easy uh, something to go through. And uh, you mentioned also you dealing with the VA right now, which is the Veterans Affairs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so from everything, the benefits you're going to be getting, do you, think, do you think it was worth it? That's a tough one.
1: <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, yes or no? There's yes, I know into that. My body hurts a lot, all the time. Um, the best they've offered is just physical therapy for something that's it's not really helping at all. It seems like I've been doing it since I've been home. Um, but there are previous health things that you could claim yeah. to your advantage and use it. And once you're out of the military, you can get your disability rating, so you'll still be paid. Yeah. and then they'll cover prescriptions for i think two years unless you get to 100 percent disability then they'll cover it for i think your entire life
0: so when you get 100 percent you get paid till you die mm-hmm. is that how it works mm-hmm.
1: if you're still in the reserve status and you're getting disability you have the option to choose either your drill pay or your disability pay so i guess whatever one pays more pick that one
0: so i have a question though so for a soldier who is active duty and a soldier who is in the reserve forces, uh, let's say both of them had, had the same disabilities, do they get less money? Like, less uh, disability... I don't know what you guys
1: call it. Um, for active duty guys, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't really dealt with many of the active duty cats Okay. when it comes to like getting their disabilities and stuff like that. Um, I know they get probably significantly checked and they have the access right there on base so they have more more resources to kind of get that stuff figured out and checked out um, see if they'll even get medically discharged okay for us it's just you come home and then go to the VA go back to civilian life but those guys still are back to uh,
0: everyday living Do you think uh, these, uh, you know, risk hazards, like I would like to call it or occupational hazard in the military, do you think that's contributing to the uh, drop in recruitment uh, recently? Because I'm, I've done my homework and I I saw like the recruiting has dropped like 25% in the last 12 months and it's uh, really affecting, uh, you know, the United States military forces because uh, we have an advantage, one, because of our numbers, you know, not just because of our technologies. We need those numbers too. So do you think this is like playing a role? Because I watched a TikTok video like two days ago and some person was talking about because people are scared, they don't want to save their country. And some people said because of the toxic leadership also in the military, they don't want to save their country. And some people said also the pay is just too small. In your opinion, what do you you think is going on?
1: The pay is crap pay crap. The pay is crap. I will admit that. It's not good. Um, a lot of it, I think, is mostly uh, the generation has kind of gotten too soft. They don't want to go through the hardship. Um, me, I wanted that. I wanted something. I wanted to challenge myself. Um, and a lot of it could be that they were trying to force people to get vaccines and a lot of everybody agreed with the vaccine. So that probably played a huge role into it. I think they actually just dropped that. They, they don't have to get that vaccine anymore. I think so. Um, but even back then, before I enlisted, I would hear all the time about toxic leadership and I was still willing to go and take on that challenge. I actually had a goal for myself that I wanted to try to go through the ranks and become a leader myself, maybe make a difference in some people's lives
0: be that leader that they want and need. I, I admire that. Uh, you chose this life, you know, and uh, it's our hope that more, more people choose this life for themselves. I mean, I don't wish PTSD for them, but uh, it's our prayer and our hope that they, you know, enjoy their, their military service more than you did yours, you know. Uh, so what would you, have, what would you have to tell the people out there about the military, about your civilian job as a correctional officer? Uh, do you think re- both of them are rewarding? Do you think that came together to mold you to be the wonderful man you are today? What do you have to tell people out there? Because I'm pretty sure we have people out there who are wondering, they don't know what they want, they're gonna do with their lives. You know, they're just at home, at home playing video games and stuff like that. And what do you have to say?
1: If you don't feel like you have a path in life, And then I do suggest the military, challenge yourself, be better, make that move in your life. Because if you don't do anything, you're just, you're just going to go down and you're not going to amount to anything. When I enlisted, I knew that there was a possibility of deploying and I was okay with that. I was ready for it. Um, It was a mental preparing. You can't really prepare for it, but you can somewhat prepare yourself because once you step foot out there, you're... You don't know what's going to go on. It's life or death. That's true. Um, but get that brotherhood. You'll make some amazing friends. You'll make amazing memories. No matter where you go, you're going to have hard times. And you're going to deal with really shitty people. And honestly, it's just part of life. You're not going to get around it. So I definitely would suggest the military for a lot of people. We could make them a little bit harder. Hopefully not so toxic. Because some people do come out that way they think they're better than everybody you know there's that running joke about rotc guys <laughs> you better respect me i'm an officer <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no do it it looks good on your background people there's still people out there who will pick you over anybody else
0: because of your military background mm-hmm. your Sir, honor- honorable service
1: yes and then um prison works not bad i actually kind of enjoy it i would uh it's, it does feel very rewarding, actually, because our warden will come down and she'll tell me about all the good things she's been hearing about me. I've gotten a few challenge coins from her it It's just like, wow, this, like it's crazy that I went from this environment to a prison environment to where I should be on my watch all the time and just my you just, coworkers.
0: You just like the violence, huh? Yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> I like danger.
0: You like danger.
1: I, li- I really like danger. Good to know. <laughs> um, but the co-workers, they're amazing. They're super supportive. There's a lot of veterans in there, too, that are in that field of work. Yeah. So I can relate to people. I can... People who know what I've been through and what I've done, I can talk to them about it. And I don't, you know... When you talk to a regular person who's never served in the military, you try to make these jokes. Because the military has a super dark sense of humor. True that. But... Um, these guys, you can joke around with, and it kind of brings that part of home back in your head. That you know, this is this is my clique. This is who I want to be around. These are my guys.
0: That's, that's awesome. So, is there a special person in your life? Uh, we're going into the fun part. Oh, is there a special person in your life? Special partner? Special girlfriend?
1: Yes, I I'm actually engaged to oh my fiance Sierra. That's awesome! Congratulations! Thanks man.
0: When are you guys getting married?
1: Um, so for the military reasons, for her before she commissions, we're going to be getting married um, here in a few days, actually. In a few days? We're doing a courthouse wedding first. And wow. then we're going to do a her, like a uh, ceremony in Montana hmm. on July 1st. That's nice. For military reasons, to get her name changed and all that paperwork done, that pain in the butt, out of the way
0: first. Yeah. So I guess uh, congratulations is... Is fitting for this uh information you just gave me so congratulations and uh, i hope you guys have a wonderful marriage uh i mean you 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 get in there you know you you're on that journey because i've heard a lot about military marriages and uh you know the pitfalls the pros and cons and you know and uh jody jody yeah (laughs) (laughs) Do they tell everyone what, who Jody is? Uh, I, I know who Jody is, but I'm pretty sure they don't know.
1: Jody is that guy who will keep your girlfriend or fiance or wife, whoever she may be, company while you're gone.
0: Is he always a guy? Could he be a lady too?
1: Yeah, actually. Um, I thought though, I couldn't remember if there was a, a name for uh, the female version of Jody, but I yeah. think they kind of made like a unisex thing.
0: But... Well, I hope you guys never find Jody. I hope Jody is, like far, far away from you guys. Jody, <laughs> anyways, it, uh, it was awesome to have you today, uh, Blake Chase. And uh, no offense though, like my first dog, I had a lab for my birthday, and uh, his name was Chase, he was a bad dog. Oh, he lab. like he would jump, uh, you know, onto the kitchen counter and he'll dip his mouth into the pot, the cooking pot, like he would take your meat and all that stuff. Like, yeah, he was uh, he liked violence too, like you know, he liked the danger you know so <laughs> it's a fitting name for him then. Yeah. it's a fitting name <laughs> chase uh, you know and he uh, was a loud puppy and uh yeah it's it was a lot of work so uh yeah anyways it was nice to have you here today and, thanks for uh, having me man. Very much. and i i hope to have you on our subsequent episodes uh, moving forward maybe to talk about other stuff and uh and for the viewers at home uh mental health is very important and uh talk to someone uh if you're going through something don't isolate yourself uh just like you know this man in front of me did chase uh he talked about it with someone and uh he's getting help right now and uh help is out there reach and, out uh, to your battle buddies reach out to someone so and it was uh it was nice to have you here today
1: thanks Thank you. man hopefully yeah. come back